Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. Do you treat people differently because of their social status, because of their wealth that they may have, because of their position in society or their position in a company or in a business? Do you relate to people in different ways because of the possessions that they have the positions of influence they are in, or because of people who they know, perhaps? Do you relate to people in different ways for these reasons? In many cases, people do. It is a difficult obstacle for many people to get past, to actually relate to people in a way that is more consistent with the individuals rather than their possessions or their positions. It's very difficult for many people to accomplish that. Let's consider a simple example. What would it be like if you and I were together, perhaps? We were visiting in my home or in your home, and we were there in a simple lower middle class residence, and we had the kids playing, and we had hamburgers grilling on the barbecue, something like that, and we were just talking, and then all of a sudden, in the midst of the conversation, you discovered that I was actually a very wealthy individual. Now, I'm not, but if we were to assume that that was the scenario, would you perhaps relate to me in a different way than when you would before? In many cases, people have a hard time getting past that. They do actually relate to others differently. Now, why would this be the case? I mean, why would people relate to others in a different way because of the wealth, perhaps, just to use that as an example, not necessarily influence or position, but how about just wealth? Why is it that people will relate to individuals differently under conditions such as these? Well, what I have found is that people generally will relate to others differently because they believe that they will be able to get something out of these individuals. They will be able to get something different from what they're getting otherwise. After all, it's one thing to have some nice conversation. It's one thing to spend some of your free time with an individual who you may be able to relate to and who you'll feel comfortable with. It's one thing to just do something relaxing versus communicating with an individual who might be able to give you some kind of benefit, who might be able to benefit you in some way. For example, if the individual who you are with just so happens to have a lot of extra money, then maybe you could find some situation or circumstance where you may be able to borrow some of that money. You might have a business idea of some kind, for example, where you may be able to engage in a significant business transaction that could be very profitable, perhaps at very low risk, and yet you don't have the initial capital investment to be able to engage in that business activity. Well, if you have a wealthy friend, you can just borrow the money from them. You can borrow it from them, and then perhaps you'll pay it back, depending upon the collateral that you put up, I assume. But the fact is, is that many people will relate to others on that basis, where they believe that they will be able to gain something from this individual because of the possessions that this individual has. You may be able to borrow something from them. 
there are other circumstances, such as situations in life when you have unexpected loss. When you have unexpected situations where you experience some trauma, some loss, some financial trouble of some kind, and you need some help. In many cases, people turn to their family and to their friends for help. It's normal. It's natural. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if you have a wealthy friend, you may be able to turn to them and ask them for help. And they may be willing to help you just because they have a lot of extra money that they're not necessarily working with right now, that they can perhaps afford to lose, that if they loan it to you and you don't give it back to them, that it won't be catastrophic, for example. And so many people find wealthy friends to be attractive in this context because you may be able to borrow some money from them, either for a business venture or to deal with some unexpected circumstance of life. There are other reasons that can motivate an individual. Sometimes wealthy people have a significant amount of property, just as an example. And if you lose your home for whatever reason, you may need a place to live. You can always move in with your wealthy friend, or maybe they have an extra house that you can borrow for a little while. These are the kinds of things that people think about. They think about these kinds of things when they encounter individuals who have such resources. Now, why would I suggest such a thing? Why would I say such a thing about individuals? It is as if I'm passing judgment on people, saying that these are things that are evil. And like I said, there are normal circumstances of life where we ask for help from other people. There's nothing unusual about that, and there's nothing inherently evil about that. Why would I say these things? The reason why I feel comfortable in saying these things is because I have known many wealthy people. I have known many wealthy people. There are no wealthy people who are supporting my ministry, as far as I know, and yet I do know a number of wealthy people who I can pick up the phone and call and talk with about various things. They don't support my work, and I don't solicit their support. And this is one of the reasons why. It's because I do not want them to have a relationship with me, and I don't want to have a relationship with them where they believe that I'm their friend only because of their money. And I want you to know that this is a very unusual kind of relationship that people have with each other, especially when one of them is wealthy and the other one is not. I am not wealthy, but I know a lot of wealthy people, and I do speak with them on occasion about various things. We talk about issues related to the economy, and sometimes we talk about business ideas and business plans and ventures, and we talk about the news and stuff like that. I do know people like this, and I want you to know that these people do share with me the fact that. Of the people who they know, there are very few people who do not relate to them because of their wealth. There are many people who they do know who relate to them, who are friends with them because they are wealthy people, because they believe that they will be able to obtain some advantage, some financial advantage, some advantage with regards to their security, or perhaps. Future business contacts, or perhaps future business arrangements, or maybe they can get a job through this individual. That they have a lot of people in their life who relate to them in that way, and they really feel uncomfortable about that. They generally do not want people to treat them differently because they are wealthy, and they know that this is the case. There's one individual who I'm thinking of right now, just as an example. Who has told me on several occasions that he does not want to go to church and he won't go to church. He won't go to any churches at all because eventually, it seems, people find out that he's got a lot of money 
And when they do, they treat him so differently. He just can't stand it. He hates it. He despises the fact that people in a common, regular congregation will relate to him differently because of his wealth. And he has noticed this because he has gone into various churches and he has tried not to let people know that he's a wealthy individual. He has tried to spend time with people just as an individual, just like they are, an individual who struggles with the same issues of life, who struggles with the issues of meaning and purpose, who wants to have friendships with other people, and they eventually find out that he's wealthy, and they just simply relate to him in a different way, and he knows it's just because of his wealth, and he doesn't like that, and so he doesn't do that, and he won't do that anymore. He's told me this on several occasions. He is willing to talk with me, and we do get together periodically, just because he knows he does not have to feel threatened by me, that he doesn't have to stay on his toes, and he doesn't have to be sure that I'm not going to take advantage of him in some way, or that I'm not going to con him in some way. This is a concern that many people deal with. Now, there are other people who I know who are very wealthy, who actually like other people to know that they are wealthy. I know people like that as well. That doesn't mean that they are going to share their wealth with these individuals, but they do like other people to know that. And one of the reasons why is because they do treat him differently. They treat this individual differently, and he enjoys the acceptance that he gets from other people. He enjoys the respect and the honor that he gets from other people. He enjoys that. And it certainly is not the best way to live, to live that way, to encourage people to treat you differently because you are wealthy. But unfortunately, this individual struggles with some of these issues. This individual struggles with these issues because they do not really depend on the Lord as much as they ought to. Now, I do trust and I do believe that the Lord will continue to work with individuals like this and mature them and grow them in such a way that they will not wield their wealth in a way that other people will treat them in the way that they want to be treated, that instead they would allow others to have the freedom and the liberty to treat them because of their character, because of who they are really as an individual, not because of the sins that they struggle with or because of the emptiness in their heart. And so there are certainly variations within the scope of wealthy people, whereas some people who are wealthy want people to treat them as individuals regardless of their wealth, and other people who are wealthy want individuals to treat them as an individual, but they are wanting to esteem a higher position, they are wanting to esteem a higher level of acceptance because of that. And these are struggles that people deal with, and unfortunately there are a lot of people in the world who will feed into that, who will respond that way. And I have seen many circumstances where people have given up their whole lives. They've given up their careers. They've given up their homes. They've given up their reputations because of the promise that these wealthy people sometimes give, the promise that these individuals will benefit from the wealthy individual, that they will benefit in some way if they will just simply put everything aside, follow them work for them, get involved in the things that they are involved in, and then there will be success. Unfortunately, in most cases, those circumstances turn out to be rather disappointing because the individuals who are wealthy just simply don't deliver. That happens a lot. I've seen that happen quite often. They don't deliver what they promised, and unfortunately, this affects the lives of a lot of people. 
In many cases, these situations resulted just from unknown circumstances, situations that the wealthy individual did not anticipate. I understand that there are reasons why these things take place. My purpose for saying this, though, is to let you know that people make decisions and choices in their lives that are different from the decisions and choices that they would normally make if they never encountered a wealthy individual. That is the fact. That is the way people live because they are always searching for some advantage. They are searching for some benefit in their lives in the way that they interact with people in the world. And when it comes to situations like this, this is a simple and convenient way to gain an advantage. Now, my purpose in telling you this is not to talk about wealthy people or people who are not wealthy and to ridicule individuals who are wealthy or not wealthy. That's not my reason for saying these things. My only reason for saying these things is to explain to you, to tell you that many people relate to God in this way. Just as people will relate to wealthy individuals differently. They will relate to them in a different way than they will relate to an individual who has very little, if nothing. They relate to their God as though he is the heavenly rich man in the sky. That's how people relate to him. They relate to him in a similar way because he has a tremendous amount of wealth, of course. He has the entire world at his disposal. He is God. And if he wants to intervene in your life and give you more wealth or give you a loan or something like that, he can do that. He has the freedom and the liberty to intervene in whatever way he wants in our lives. And so when we find out that we can have a relationship with our God, what does this relationship end up looking like for most people? When we use the word relationship, many people approach him in the same way that they approach other wealthy individuals that they may encounter in their lives. They approach him in the same context, as though perhaps one day when they're in real trouble, they'll be able to ask him for a loan. They'll be able to ask him for help. And he'll, of course, deliver, because of course he wants to help. Of course he wants to give us things, right? Or maybe you have some great idea, and you have an opportunity to build a wonderful business venture with extremely low risk. You can call upon him to intervene in some way to help you get the resources that you need in order to capitalize and build This business that you have an idea for, people relate to him in this context. What happens if you get sick? If you get an injury of some kind, you can turn to the rich man in the sky, the living God, and you can ask him for his divine intervention as the healer to intervene in your life to help you with these situations. Now, of course, I do believe in divine healing, and I do believe in the intervention of our God when it comes to tragedies in life, when it comes to situations that we certainly were not expecting and we were not prepared for. And I do believe he can intervene in situations where we have an opportunity to improve the quality of our life through labor. I do believe these things. I'm not saying that he doesn't do these things. What I am attempting to say is that when people consider having a relationship with their God, they're relating to him primarily on this basis. They're relating to him as though he is there to provide them with an increase in security, an increase in safety, an increase in opportunity, that that's how they relate to him. But how do you suppose he may feel about that? Do you suppose that he enjoys that, that you only come to him, that you're only wanting to be his friend 
because he's wealthy, because of what he's got. Well, there are certainly a lot of wealthy people who I believe can relate to that. I believe that there are many wealthy people who can relate to that because they have a lot of people in their lives who treat them that way, who want them to be their friend because of the wealth involved and because they believe that they're going to be able to get a piece of it. So also people look to their God and they want God to be their friend and they want to be God's friend. Why? Because of what they think they're going to be able to get from him. Because of how they believe they are going to benefit from having a friend like this. This is how people relate to each other in the world. And so you should not be surprised to consider that people relate to their God in a similar way. But just as I gave you an example that there are some wealthy people who enjoy that, who capitalize on that, who take advantage of that. And in some cases, they can take advantage of other people and commit fraud against them. And in other cases, they may legitimately help people. But regardless of that, is that the way that our God really wants us to relate to him? Is that it? Does he really enjoy that? Is that what's important to him? How about the individual I referred to earlier who does not want people to know that he is wealthy because he wants people to be friends with him because of him? How about that? I personally believe that the living God does not use his wealth in order to gain acceptance from the people who he created. Again, I do not believe that our God uses his wealth so that he can be accepted by other people. He doesn't use his possessions. He doesn't use his influence, his power, his ability to intervene. He doesn't use that so that he can get you to like him. I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that he really wants you to be his friend so that you can know who he is, so that he can have someone to talk to, to talk with, so that he can hear from you, so that he can have a living experience with you in the life that you have and in the life that he has, that we can actually spend time with him in a friendly, casual way without either one of us considering, how am I going to benefit from this? How am I going to benefit from this individual? What am I going to get out of them? You know, we can think of him in a similar way that other people treat him. We could think of him as an individual who is only your friend because of what he's going to be able to do within and through you. How about that? Maybe he's got that kind of an attitude. Maybe our God has the attitude that the only reason why he wants anything to do with you, the only reason why he's willing to consider spending any time with you at all is because of what he's going to be able to get out of you, because of the advantage that he's going to be able to obtain from having a friendship with you, because he's going to be able to use you on occasion. You understand that word? He's going to be able to use you. He's going to be able to use you for the building of his kingdom. He's going to use you to be able to talk to somebody else, but not necessarily you. That's how people relate to him. They think that he's a God who just simply uses people, just like other people look to him as the great rich man, as someone who needs to be used, who maybe they can use. They can use him because He's got a lot of stuff that they can take advantage of and use for their own personal benefit. So also, we have something to offer him, us poor little people, who he can use to boast about himself. He can take advantage of us by using us in some way that can just glorify himself, and that's what he gets out of it, so he can be glorified. Well, what about our friendship? Whatever happened to that? That's the point, is that people do not consider 
the scope and magnitude of what it means to have a friend, of what it means to have a relationship, that the relationships and friendships that we have are about enjoying each other's lives, even though we personally are not benefiting from what another person is doing or from what another person is receiving, but we can enjoy what other people have and what other people accomplish, even though we don't personally benefit from that. We can be thankful. We can enjoy the transitions that an individual goes through as they discover the world that they are a part of and the God who made it, for example. What about our God? Is he not our friend? He is my friend, and when I speak to him, I do not speak to him on the basis of what I'm going to be able to get out of him. And I do not believe that when he speaks to me or when he relates to me, that it's about what he thinks he's going to be able to get out of me. I don't believe that. I know many people do, and I want you to consider that many people do believe this, but our God, I believe our God wants more than for us to just turn to him for whatever he's got, thinking that he also just simply turns to us for whatever he can do within and through us. What about he and I? What about you and him? What about us as people, as beings? He, the heavenly being, and us, the earthly being, who are able to engage each other without any expectations, without any hope or promise of profit. What about that? You see, our God, while he is very wealthy, I personally believe he is disturbed by the way that people look at him. I mean, he certainly does give us a lot. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. That definitely fits into the classification of being a lot. And he has given us an inheritance as a result of his death. And he has given us many things. He has blessed us with all blessings in heavenly places. I understand that. And I don't want to minimize that. But I don't believe that he does that as a form of relationship. I don't believe that he does that in order to let that be the relationship that we truly have with him. He can help us during our times of need. But if he doesn't, do we really look to him differently? In many cases, people do. And the reason why is because that was their relationship with him. That was their motive. That was their purpose. That's how they saw him. And so they get disappointed when he doesn't deliver. And there might be some good reasons with regards to why he didn't deliver, but what does that have to do with being his friend? What does that have to do with him being your friend? Really, it should have nothing to do with these things. Our God is not the rich man in the sky who we turn to and we look to. He is a person, he is an individual who does enjoy having a friendship with us, and we should enjoy having a friendship with him. Do not let his wealth interfere with you wanting to know him. I mean, if you never got anything out of your God at all, would you not still want to know him? Are you willing to say something that sounds like this? Are you willing to say, Lord, I do not want anything that you have. I only want you. Are you willing to say that? Can you say that with conviction? Can you say that with sincerity? Would you be able to call a wealthy person on the phone and say something like, I want you to know that I don't want your money. I don't want your possessions. I don't want access to those things. I really just want you. I want to know you. I want to spend some of my time with you. I want to enjoy a friendship with you. That's what I want. Can you say that to your God? 
Can you say to him, Lord, I know that you can give me above and beyond what this world has, and that even though you have promised you will, I want you to know that even if you never gave me anything, I would still want to know you. I would still want to enjoy some of my time with you. I would still want to be your friend, and I want you to be my friend, even if I get nothing tangible in return, even if I get no influence in return, I get no opportunity, I get no safety, I get no security, I get no nothing. I want you and you alone. I do not want your cows. I want you. I do not want your gold. I want you. I do not want your influence. I don't want your possessions. I really just want you, and that's all that I want. Would you please share yourself with me? Can you say that about your God? I want to encourage you to consider these things. I really do, because I believe this is where his heart is at. Many of us have turned to him because of what he has to offer. And if that's what it took, that's fine. I don't want you to feel guilty about that. But now that you have turned to him, please consider him as your friend, because I believe that's what he really wants from you. Again, I have done a lot of work on the subject of your inheritance in Christ. I have done a lot of work where I have spoken about the things that we have, the things that he has given to us, the way that he does intervene in our lives. And again, I don't want to minimize that. What I want you to consider is that all of the things that he gives, all of the things that we have now because of what he has accomplished for us, all of those things can actually be distilled down and described as Him. He is the summary of all of the blessings. He is the summary of the inheritance that we have. He is the summary. He is all that there is. And our friendship with Him is further expressed and revealed when we acknowledge that even though He may deliver nothing, even though He may give nothing, As long as we have him, we have more than we could possibly imagine. And he is our greatest value. We can trust him. We can trust him to intervene at times. We can trust him not to intervene at times. We can trust him in all aspects of life. But do not let that get in the way of the friendship that he has truly called you to. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net you